Kamusta Katanoomers? Welcome to Tanum Tuesdays, a podcast where we talk to folks around the Philippines about their gardens, farms, food forests, and anything and everything about Tanum, which means plants. Here are your Katanoomers in this podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Chinkin. I'm Marcel. And I'm Albert. And now, on with the show. Hello, everybody. We are on our Maiden podcast, and I am joined here with three other wonderful people, and I'll have them introduce themselves. But first, I want to start with saying, please excuse us. This is our first, um, I guess you could say, pilot episode, our maiden journey into our love or budding love for um, planting a garden, whether it's uh, vegetables or um, ornamental plants, so on and so forth. The four of us have different experiences um, with plants and just bear in mind, none of us are experts, but we are connected with it in some way, whether we did it as students or we're doing it now. So with that said, welcome to Tanom Tuesdays. I am Albert, and I will, I will go ahead and throw it to our three other, my ka-hosts, ka-tanumers hosts. I have no idea. So we'll go ahead and start with actually the person who planted the first seed which is uh, Joe. So Joe, please uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll go on from there. Thanks, Albert. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Joanne. You can just call me Joe. We're based in Bacolod. I'm based in Bacolod with my family. And um, right now we're growing a food forest. We're planting things that produce food. So it's fruit trees, nut trees, and then also the usual herbs and smaller plants. What else? I'm also an artist, so I draw and paint the, usually the plants that uh, we're growing and then write a little bit about it. And I'm also studying permaculture right now, which is basically, it's a, it's a design philosophy or a way of life where you look at earth care, people care, and fair share. And then there are many principles for you to live those out, those ethics out. Yep, that's me. Thank you, Joe. And let's go to her significant other. Chinkin, if you could go ahead and introduce yourself. Thank you, Albert. So hi, everyone. My name is Chinkin. Among the four of us, I would probably be the least experienced in plants, but I love plants nonetheless. And I'm here to support my wife (laughs) and give everyone unconditional positive regard and be supportive in your endeavors to grow your own plants at home, put up your own permaculture forest, or share the bounties of nature with each and every one. My love to all. Chinkin is now also our copywriter slash tagline. He's really good with words, but yes, he's definitely a very good supporter. And he also has his own connection with plants um, growing up. And we'll, we'll have everyone share a bit of our own connection to plants. Joe has mentioned a bit, but we can go, we can delve a bit further. But last but not least, my own partner in planting, um, Roselle, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Thanks, Albert. Hi, everybody. I'm Roselle. Uh, I'm a communication consultant based in Manila. I'm Albert's fiance. And together we've been trying to grow our own small garden spots where we are here in Quezon City. So actually, he's much more hands-on when it comes to gardening. But when the lockdown happened and we can't find any other place to 
to go and I've pretty much done all the crafty stuff that I usually do and then I I went out and looked at the plants and I finally indulged myself in, in, in gardening. I was born and raised in Pangasinan. My mom is a wonderful gardener, always kept the garden in the house nice and neat. And I've been supplying her with some plants from here in Manila. Um, and so during the lockdown, I kind of kept some for myself and started to grow not just some, you know, small plants, but also like tried to start with seeds and seedlings and, and, and see where it goes. It's, it's a totally different thing for me, and, but it's exciting. So I'm, I'm happy to be here with my friends uh, talking about plants. And there you have it. That's the four of us. Um, we have the unofficial name for us and for all of you who care to listen in are the Katanumers. And Tanum in, in Visaya, uh, Cebuano specifically, is to plant or the plant itself. Chinkin, correct? Um, Tanum is also in, in, uh, in Ilongo. Yeah, that's right. Iligaynon. Tanum. And Rosel, also in Pangasinanse, correct? How do you pronounce it? Is, is it pronounced a bit differently? A little bit differently, yes. Tanum. So it's a schwa, um, but it's still the same. Pretty much just, it's spelled with T-A-N-E-M, and E is a schwa. But it's still about uh, plants and planting. And there you have it. So therefore, Tanum Tuesdays, because we love alliteration. So with that said, I guess the first question for today, for this first episode, I'd like to start with our own connection with planting, samanga tanom, and uh, whether it's when you were younger, older, or any, your own perspective on plants. Let's go ahead and start with that. And we'll go in the same order for this one, I guess. So we'll, sto- we'll start with, with Joe. Okay. I, uh, growing up, I remember my mom had like orchids and I think mostly orchids and I didn't really, you know, I didn't even water them. I just knew that there were spiders in them. <laughs> um, and then basically I, I grew up not really thinking about plants really. And then we moved to Bacolod uh, when that was about uh, five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, about, about that time. And then, you know, Bacolod is so green you know, compared to Manila, where we were based um, before here. And, you know, it's hard not to pay attention. So, and then um, I also got introduced to my mother-in-law's garden, and she had all sorts of plants. And, you know, I would water them sometimes. But I would say that I really... Uh, got into um, gardening and growing things to eat when we were in Japan. This was two years ago, two to three years ago. And so we lived there for a few months and we would walk everywhere. And during our walks, it's just, it was just normal to see houses with their own edible gardens. So they would grow things um, to eat, like there, there were eggplants, um, edamame, soybean, soybean plants, 
and it was just amazing because you know like you would often we would often see um elderly uh japanese citizens and they would just be out in their garden um taking care of the plants and and around the same time we were also um gifted by chinkin's parents with with some land where where we could build our future home so it just connected you know one thing led to another and then when we got home we were like we're we'll start planting and and we looked into permaculture and food forests and that's how it all began that would yeah that's already inspiring to hear just to know that there are other folks there are communities um even if they're in other countries that are it seems that it's a common practice for them to grow their own food and it's it's cheaper it's and it's it's healthier and it's local you know and so i'm i'm glad that that's what you guys chose to do with that land so with that said chinkin what about you what's uh tell us more about your experience with plants and let's take it from there well yeah thanks for asking i mean it's really something that i haven't really reflected upon but I think my love for plants or my then love for plants really came as an instilled attitude because growing up, I really didn't have a lot of hobbies and you'll have a parent just saying, oh, pick a hobby, do this. And one of those went into, you know, planting. And it was really focused on ornamental plants for me simply because I thought that cacti were really nice. I had a few bromeliads then. And seeing them grow slowly, getting punctured by their thorns. You know, these were experiences that I felt that, you know, made me careful. Like if you're going to tie a fishing line or if you're going to get punctured while sewing a patient. Um, I also had different experiences while I was in college since I took maybe a little over 10 units in botany and earth sciences uh, classes needed for medical school. And growing up as well, maybe earlier than high school, I remember visiting a farm lot, maybe 60 kilometers south of the city. And it's the ancestral home of my father's side. And in that lot, they would have a lot of trees from grapes to cacao to macopa, bananas. And there would be an incorporation of what... Uh, a homestead would be now that I'm thinking about it. And my grandparents then, my grand aunts, who were considered matriarchs of education in that city, in that rural city, as educators there, there, they would teach their students how to make jams, how to prepare utensils or plates from what you saw in the garden, how to prepare the products in the garden and see them in the kitchen. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm getting a flood, a rush of new memories of how much you could pick from the trees or harvest from the soil, prepare it in the kitchen and have it as a meal in the next two to three hours, even if refrigeration wasn't popular then or if electricity was not yet um, regularized or in constant supply. So I hope that for the next few sessions, you get to unravel each other's experiences because I'm sure there are positive inputs that we could find and um, put meaning into in all these. Thank you, Chinkin. Yes. Um, I have a question. What did you mention earlier, vermiliad? 
Yeah, that's right. Is, so, that, did I say it correctly? Could you yeah, explain what, what yeah. that is? I'm, I'm unfamiliar. There are these long sprouty plants in the same family of pineapples. So it takes a little over a year or two for them to mature. But when they bear fruit, they start up with this stalk from the very center. And the very center stalk will go pretty tall, maybe a foot high. And then there will be a bulb forming at its very, at its most distant pole. There will be some flowers that can be pollinated. And that's the actual fruit itself. The bud that forms from the base of the shrub can live or bloom for the next 6 to 12 months. That's how I remember it to be. So I guess like what a pineapple is, but you know, a more ornamental variety. Oh, wow. Okay. Now see, now we're getting into really fascinating <laughs> that this is, um, this is one of the benefits with starting this podcast. And hopefully those of you who are listening, um, you can also take note as well, or, you know, feel free to message us. We'll come up, try to come up with a, just a, a casual, a quick email that we'll all check. Um, with that said, Chinkin also mentioned about patients. Um, he's also a doctor. So I think that'll be a nice perspective in subsequent episodes. He has a very, very scientific medical uh, viewpoint and perspective. Um, if you can't tell by how he speaks about the, the Rumiliad, <laughs> um, which is very fascinating stuff. So um, I'm happy for that. And you, Russell, what is, tell us more about yourself and your own personal experience with planting or plants in general. All right. Um, I have a very similar experience with Joe, actually. Um, having grown up uh, around plants, but never really noticing them. Um, because you can be around things and never really notice um, them because you're just so used to it. Um, I was raised in Pangasinan, very, very provincial rural area in Pangasinan. Um, and my mom's a professor, my mom's a teacher, uh, but one of the main things that's always consistent with her is that she's always kept a garden. Um, she, she had uh, orchids as well. Um, she would go to the market to buy driftwood, and she also has a creative, uh, she's also very creative, uh, so Sometimes the, the flowers from the orchids would be my flowers for graduation. Um, she's very crafty. Um, but I've never really noticed how she relates to her plants. Um, I wasn't into it because like any child before, you were asked more to like help out with, you know, uh, watering the plants, even if you didn't want to, or... Like, it's not something, it's something you had to do, but didn't really want to do. Um, and so it's, it's very different since I, uh, I left uh, my province uh, for, for university. Um, and I was, I went to UP and UP is amazing. Uh, all the trees, all your, your, uh, your environment is pretty green and, and, um, I, I don't think I would have survived UP without the help of the, that, all that space and, and green, um, despite all the stresses of, of college. Um, yeah, but, um, and I've, I'm also very 
I've also lived a very transient life in Manila. Um, so I couldn't find a space for me to, to really cultivate uh, planting. Uh, it's really just when I kind of settled in an apartment um, and we had really small space um, that we, I got to explore it. Um, but, but yeah, the main thing for me, the main shift really is that, you know, helping my mom uh, have, make those dish gardens, uh, dish gardens out of all the succulents. She makes awesome stuff. I can, we can add a link to some of our photos maybe um, in, the, in the description in the podcast. Um, she, she never ceases to do something with plants um, ever since. She would grow vegetable farms. She would grow mango trees, fruit-bearing trees. And even when some of them die, she would always, always go back to, you know, doing something or creating or uh, uh, planting something. Um, so that was, that's very, very interesting that I got to do it now. Um, so, yeah, and it's, I'm very, very new to this. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited, though, uh, to learn more and just um, observe how I, my perspective changes when, when it comes to, to gardening. It's, not, it's no longer as uh, frightening as before. So that's nice. That's a good start, I guess, for any budding plantita or gardener. How about you? Uh, thank you, Rochelle. I, I, before that, I want to add, I've, I've seen um, Rochelle's mom's garden. It's, it's beautiful and she's so knowledgeable. And what I love about how she plants her garden is that when you approach her and ask her questions, it's just, all you have to do is this. This is what, you know, she makes it so simple. And when you see her dig her hands in the soil, it's very, it's very rugged. And, it, you know, she just throws a plant here, puts a plant there, makes it look very easy. And so, and her garden's really nice. We'll try to get pictures um, and probably if we have like a, a little blog area at some point, um, we can get that together and po po post some pictures there. Um, so thank you, Rochelle. Uh, with that said, for me, um, my own connection to plants, um, my mom had a bunch of plants in the house when I was growing up, but I was very disconnected to that. I wasn't really into plants as a kid. Um, I was just into video games and just doing my own, you know, my own thing. And then um, years, years, years later, uh, I had um, applied for a nonprofit. Um, uh, it's an environmental NGO. And even before that, I wasn't even an environmentalist. Um, but it was there at my current job. I'm still there uh, with this NGO that I learned a lot about um, trees uh, tree planting and why it's important, the ecosystem services. I never used to use phrases like that, terms like that, rainforestation, and these are all things I'll probably touch upon in later episodes. And I really realized like um, the trees, for me it's trees, it's uh, um, carbon sequestration, you know, climate change, all these other issues going on in the world. Um, for me it was, it's a, uh, um, I, I, I see very often the macro point of view of planting, so to speak, planting forests, um, what it does for people, how it's fed people, how it 
here in Manila, um, more than 90% of the water comes from the forested watersheds of the Sierra Madre. Um, and you can see that right there written in black and white on the Manila Water website. And uh, without these trees, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> that goes the same for all around the world. So um, that's my personal connection with plants. I, I really regret that I wasn't into plants when my mom was still around and she had her plants in the house because they were really beautiful. I, I, to this day, I don't know what species they were. So, but it's never better late than never. Um, now, Roselle is planting here in, the, in our home and we have a small chair garden. I started about a year ago. I'll probably share some pictures of that and I'm sure Joe and Chicken will have pictures of their own farm as well. And all of you uh, with me, with us, will we'll be looking forward to that. With that said, my next question for our first maiden episode is, do you think more people should get into planting? Um, as I mentioned earlier, we're not experts. We, we still have our perspectives and our own opinions about plants and trees, and, and that's the whole point of this. So I go ahead and turn back to our, my katanumers. <laughs> Hopefully by like the next episode or in three episodes, I get that right. I turn to you guys. What do you think? Do you think more people should get into planting, whether or not you are into it to a certain extent or not? We'll start. We'll go ahead another roundabout, uh, starting with Joe. Uh, I just wanted to add first um, before I answer this question. Like all the answers made me, you know, think some more about what got me really into farming and planting. And you know, I remember the first when at the time we were clearing the land when we were back in Baholod from Japan. So we had the land cleared because it was just overgrown with weeds, like tall grasses. And and I was helping out. And and just the mere act of pulling the grass, which you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to pull the grass. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but, but that act of being so close to the soil, to, to the earth, it was just so invigorating, you know, like growing up, I was always told not to, you know, touch soil because it's dirty, you know, like be careful, you might get worms or something like that, right? I, I, I don't know if you guys also had the same experience, but, you know, when, when, when I was helping clear the land, I felt so happy, you know, it was just, I don't know, it's hard to describe, like I didn't, I didn't even, you know, think about what I would feel while I was doing it. But like from that moment on and every time I'm I'm at the farm or at the food forest, I'm at my happiest. You know, it's just it just feels so natural, so, you know, like that that we're meant to be close to the soil. We're meant to be touching the soil. Um and with that said, I think, you know, I think maybe not all should be planting. I mean, hopefully we would all plant because it has a lot of benefits. You know, if you plant your own food, then you don't have to buy food that may have been transported so many miles from somewhere else. But, you know, if you can't plant now, I think it still makes a whole lot of difference to be able to just appreciate nature. You know, the trees around you, the other wildlife around you, and it just makes you more connected to the earth, I think. And then, you know, you can't take care of something if you don't care about it, right? So 
with the state of of the earth now like with climate change i think all of us should at least care right and then once we care we can change our everyday actions to reflect that thank you joe yes um agreed let's hear chinkin on his thoughts on uh if more people should be planting so I'll answer that question with reference to what Rochelle mentioned about how her mom being crafty and being at the garden created her orchid preparations for herself. Because I think planting also invokes a particular emotion. It's like when you're out in the classroom and you're staring through the window, it's a very hot day, and then there's just torrential rainpour happening. You get to smell the grass, the soil. It gives this melancholy, or it depends on what emotion you feel. Or it's when you're playing soccer, and then your studs on the ground crumple through grass. And that smell of grass gives you a reminder that you're in training, that you're working hard to achieve something, that you want the team to be winning at something. So when you plant these plants, when you plant these living things that we manipulate in order to be around us also evoke a particular feeling that we want to propagate them or instill uh, a non-purposeful idea that they are actually around us whether they are fruit bearing whether they are just for greenery they show us a feeling of happiness a feeling of sadness or joy of success and for farmers to be planting they have reasons of economics of making a living for themselves of sending their children to for education for an owner of a mansion the gardens would be to improve the state the visual appeal of his residence but for us to be planting, we have to consider the social origins of each one, whether or not they want it for income or whether they want it for arts. Planting is essential because it provides for our food, our meals. It provides for the other nature residents, such as birds, mollusks, insects, that are cultivated in our surroundings. When we plant, we have a reason to understand that we are not the only living entities, but for us to also appreciate that there are other animal kingdoms or plant kingdoms or other species living around us that we have to live in harmony with. So I think that's why we should be planting so that we can realize that aside from us, making or being effective farmers there are other creatures out there that might be cultivating us or needing our existence for their own yes i found i i noticed the connection between you chicken and joe your responses um it's uh appreciation not maybe not everyone has to plant but if you plant you'll have an appreciation uh, appreciation for the benefits of planting and also the appreciation of our farmers. I'm glad you brought up our farmers too. Um, the people who actually work day in and day out uh, economically for, you know, for, for a living and basically feeding us. So more people should not just to appreciate 
not only what plants give us, but the very people who also work day in, day out, so that plants do give us, you know, the vegetables that we have on our plate. Um, uh, what about you, Rosel? What? Why do you think? Do you think more people should get into planting? Why or why not? Of course they should, um, and for so many reasons that you know Joe and Chicken have lovely expressed earlier. Um, it's for me. It's both personal and on a big picture level. They they kind of touch on the big picture already. I've also learned more about how things are, are connected, how everything is connected, and how we should how we should be responsible for what's happening now with climate change and and, and basically just the deterioration of of the planet. Um, we have a lot to do with that and it seems so daunting really for anybody to you know solve climate change alone uh, but just by like what joe said just touching the ground just uh digging your your nails and fingers onto soil just getting dirty there just getting off the screen for once really um and be in the present moment has they that have that has a a personal effect on me it's not surprising that a lot of people are getting into plants right now when people can't go outside and there's so many things going on and i think it's because you know we we want something to do with our hands something to do to 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 do to get out of of the news or find something to do that kind of makes us like forces us to be in the moment because when you plant you can't be thinking about what to do at the supermarket or what's your next what what are the other worries of your life right if if you if you plant you have to be there um and that's that's my that's pretty much what's getting me into it right now um it it really gives me that moment to be mindful to be to really feel more connected to nature and just that feeling of you know uh, slowing things down uh because for plants they they don't care they're just going to bloom whenever they want to bloom <laughs> um and in in a society where you know everything is like instant and and fast and um, always like uh, it's just that instant gratification all the time and um, it really keeps me grounded in a more literal way just to to do it um, and and this is and this is just dealing with small pots and plants all the more with like dealing with you know like a food forest like join chicken or or maybe when i go back to pangasinan and actually try to help out my mom in her, her small garden i'm sure it would be a lot more different as well um but yeah um and then that brings me to also cultivating relationships um like with my mom we're apart most of the time, I'm, I'm working in Manila. She's back there in Pangasinan. She's retired, um, so she has more time with plants. But 
I never get to really bond with her. It's only when I got into plants that we're sharing all these photos of, you know, hey, I'm planting this. What do I do with this? The leaves of my plants are turning brown. What do I do? Um, it's a small way uh, to, to connect to her. And I'm actually enjoying it. And I'm sure she's enjoying it as well um, now that we, we can't go home. But yeah, it, it's, it's also relationships, really. With that said, for me, I'd, I'd like to add to that. It's definitely a chance for us to connect with each other, um, uh, which is what Tanum Tuesdays is also all about. Um, when, when this idea was conceived, it's, I mean, look at us. We're on different islands. Um, we're good friends. We don't see each other often, but this is a way for us to connect, right? Um, and I'm glad you brought that up about your mom. That I also began to see that as Rochelle was planting outside in the garden. I, I imagined her mom when we were in the province. Her mom's also planting. And I, and I told Rochelle, um, uh, like mother, like daughter, to see that. It, it, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to see that. And um, it's also, I, I think more people should plant because not only is it a, it's, it's communal, you know, Joe and Chicken, they're working on their own farm. Um, but it's also a chance to connect to the environment. And all of you have mentioned a bit of that. Um, I'm going to be throwing in that perspective, um, especially since I work with an environmental NGO. Um, there's a term that a botanist, a friend whom I, hopefully we get to interview him as well. He, and you've probably heard this term, it's called plant blindness. So when you're driving in your car, you're walking in a park, a lot of people, you know, they see green. They, they just see the green. Um, no one really knows the species. No one really knows what these plants are for, the history of these trees. Why is this tree even here? Um, but there are stories behind these trees. Um, and if we work with a few indigenous peoples groups in Mindanao and up north, and you walk with them down these forests, they have all the stories. They have particular names for particular trees. They know what kind of leaves are good for fever. They have, they have medicinal properties. They're very in tune and very connected um, with these plants. So um, for me, in, in my perspective, I feel like part of the reason why climate change is here and all these other issues is unfortunately, unfortunately, people have disconnected. We no longer have stories about plants. Well, there are still communities who do, um, but it, um, more and more people are, are less and less connected. And so hopefully that changes. Hopefully more and more people like us start um, planting seeds in each other's minds as well as in our gardens. Um, and Joe, go ahead. Would you like to add? Yes. Um, when you said plant blindness and when you told your story, it reminded me of uh, the citrus trees that I posted about maybe last week and how they were being eaten by citrus caterpillars or swallowtail caterpillars. And it was interesting because there were definitely people who were like, oh, oh, leave the caterpillars alone, you know, like, um, just let them eat the trees and they'll turn into butterflies. And I can understand that, but it made me think, you know, like most people readily um, maybe relate to animals, maybe because they're, you know, because we're part of the same kingdom, you know, they're mobile they're easier to relate to but that whole thing made me think about well what about the citrus tree right like it's it's still a living being 
and it's young and it can't handle the citrus caterpillar. So yes, I think um, talking more about plants would help us and everyone else um, realize that plants are not just, you know, stationary things around us. They're living beings and, and they're actually, they make life possible for the rest of us. You're right. People look at plants and trees to be on the background when in reality they have a very, very big part in how we're alive today and why we're alive. Um, and we'll get into that in subsequent episodes. We'll learn from each other and the people we interviewed. With that said, I think we'll go down to our last question. So our last question for this episode is, what are your hopes for Tanum Tuesdays? Um, your hopes for yourself, maybe? What you hope to gain from these subsequent episodes? And what are your hopes for the people listening? We'll go ahead and circle back to you, Joe. I don't get so much time to think about the question. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, no, um, my hopes for Tanum Tuesdays and for for myself and the food forest, I suppose. Um, you know, every time I go on YouTube or or search for podcasts, there are so many videos and podcasts on plants and gardening and farming from other countries. You know. I think that's how this whole thing um, started in my mind because, you know, I want to learn about the plants here in the Philippines. I want to hear about the stories of our farmers, of the people who are gardening here in, in our own backyard, you know, because, um, you know, there's, there's a debate about native trees versus non-native trees. And, you know, I want to learn about the native trees here in, in our country and the plants that have been growing here for, for centuries, you know. Um, I think my vision for Tanum Tuesdays is for all of us to, to um, help everyone else in the country be more interested in plants, in planting, growing our own food, um, knowing more about what's around us, about the trees and the shrubs and everything um, else around us. Thank you, Joe. What about you, Chinkin? Since we're wrapping this up already, I'm reflecting on what you guys mentioned during the start of this conversation, that it's a group of four friends who love to talk to each other or are familiar with each other and share their love of plants for everyone. I don't, I don't know if it's too ambitious, but um, I am hoping that our conversations will not lead to an authoritarian or very imperative statement that everyone else should love plants. But it's an open and very friendly invitation to our audiences to make them feel that, oh, parang ganun lang pala. Make it more familiar. Um, remind them of what reasons they have for planting and what reasons they have for sharing that love for planting and the relevance of plants wherever they are to their neighbors and to the community that they're part of. I think that's the biggest thrust and that could be our strength because putting an objective ear into it, I think there is such a nice conversation right now happening. It is heartfelt. It is very sincere. 
and it is really based on concrete experiences that no one else can dictate upon us. Yes, thank you. Agreed. I agree with you, Joe. Uh, I'm also here to learn about the native trees. And I agree, Chicken. We, we shouldn't be the authority, and we're not. But um, I agree. We, this is an open invitation for people to, to be involved in, or just to learn more. Learn more from each other about plants and our environment. Ikawarsel, what, what are your hopes for Tanum Tuesdays, uh, or for yourself, for us, and for people who are listening? So I'm very new to planting and I'm very new to podcasting and this scares me. Everything scares me. Um, and I get really neurotic about things. Um, but um, I, I really like that idea that we should have that open heart and hands uh, to the idea of planting. I, for me, it's really if we're able to spark some curiosity around, around planting and um, just learning more what's out there um, and, and, be, and, and find that courage to, to just not be intimidated by our surroundings. Um, okay na yun sa akin. Uh, just to be, because I myself, I, I'm, you know, we're not, I'm, I'm very, very, I have so, so much to learn. And I hope if anyone's out there who's so scared to, you know, dig their bales and fingers into the soil, and if they, one day, they wake up, maybe I could get some seeds, maybe I could try this and that. Um, that's, we can, we can, we can start with that, you know, and we're going to be very, very happy with that. Um, yeah, and this conversations alone for me is already like it's what keeps me exciting, uh, excited about all these things. So, sana we we hope to get more people into it. Uh, hindi naman kailangan thousands agad, konti konti lang. <laughs> uh, what's that bisaya? Kanunay something something. Uh, in Cebuano, it's um. Bisag gamay basta kanunay. Yes. Is that also Hiligaynon? No, um, but the way I understood it, it's like, it's like small steps. Is that right? Um, just little by little, but it's a good start. Roughly the same. I may have to ask someone what the real phrase is, but I'm, I feel that I've heard it before in Hiligaynon. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Bisagamay, even, even if it's small, uh, regardless of how small, basta kanunay, do so always. So regardless of how small, do so always. That's, uh, thank you, Rissell, for bringing that up. That's one of the quotes I live by. It's, um, on, my aunt told me that one day, um, and I, that stuck with me ever since. It, regardless of how small you think you are, you are here, and you have a place, you have a part, and so you just got to keep doing it. Um, so yes, I, I agree also with Rissell, um, spark curiosity that kind of connects with Chinkin's hope that this does not become like this, the authoritative, you know, source for planting. It's, it's really to get people to be curious. And I like that you use that word. Uh, we plant the seed of curiosity in people to start looking at plants and trees in a different way. And I also appreciate that you brought up that, you know, we see a lot of bad news. We see fires, we see you know, politics, um, but hopefully this is also a reminder that 
the earth, this planet is also full of life uh, that is very resilient. And it's also in our hands as well, um, literally in our plants. <laughs> um, we have something to inspire us. And this is the gist of Tanum Tuesdays for friends from different places, different backgrounds, different outlooks coming together, just talking about plants. Um, whether we are experts or not, well, we are not experts, uh, regardless of how, how, what we know about plants, whether it's the science or the species, so on and so forth. We all have a common love for that, and we hope we plant that seed of curiosity with those of you listening in as well. And in subsequent um, episodes, we hope to do interviews, so it won't just be us talking. It will be us asking questions, and hopefully you will also ask questions as well. Um, we have um, a short list of people we want to interview, and once those are confirmed, we'll go ahead and share with you all as well. So with that said, um, before we close, does anyone else want to add and maybe any thoughts, um, any perspectives before we close our first episode? And I will go ahead and leave that to be open. Kayulat Bala, who wants to chime in first? We're good. <laughs> I think we're good. Charot. Charot. Ikarosel, any any last words? I'm good with that. <laughs> From Manila, this is Albert. This is Rosel. Keep growing. And from the college, it's Joanne. And Chinkin. Keep planting. Intro music is Siesta by Jazar. <laughs> <laughs>